Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, I think we can say with a degree of certainty that this week's episode of AEW Dynamite was brought to you by the word chip. We can't say the real thing here on YouTube because YouTube gets mad. But I'm sure you can rearrange those letters and you know what I'm talking about. And yes, it was a little bit like that South Park episode. It was also flubbing brilliant. Before this week's Dynamite, people were going, it doesn't look very good on paper. Have you not learned when it comes to professional wrestling that sometimes you can approach a show and think, oh, I wonder how it's going to go. And it leaps out of your television and it slaps your ass. Not literally, but come on. Start being a half-filled-up cup kind of a guy. But my name is Simon Miller. Thank you very much for joining me as always. It is time to up those downs to the latest episode of AEW Dynamite, which essentially is acting as a go-home show for one of the craziest episodes of Dynamites that are happening next week at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Let's just get onto it and up those downs. At the start of Dynamite, we got that static noise. CM Punk was here with a cult of personality. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? I remember being in the bathroom back in 2014 when I heard that he first left WWE. And now he's back and he's having such a good time. He did his stage dive into the crowd. Because he's feeling good. It makes you feel good. That's why it's getting it up. He was also on commentary for the entire evening. And he did a really good job. And then what happened right after this was Adam Cole's music hit, and every single person in this arena lost their damn mind. Screw baby faces, screw heels, just give me noise. That's all I want for a wrestling show is noise, even if it's someone just going, ah, right into my face. I'm giving it up. And that is also because he was taking on Frankie Kazarian, who let's not forget is also a tremendous professional wrestler, and they just had a really solid, great wrestling match. And it was a bit like wrestling tennis, as we talk about all the time here on Ups and Downs, as they were just busting out moves before the other guy said, nope, you're not going to do that, and I'm going to bust that move instead. I mean, Kazarian hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, and Adam Cole got out of that, and he hit a Yushigoroshi, and then he went for a super kick, but Frank basically caught his leg mid-thrust, and he whammed it with a German suplex. I just thought I should give them a little bit of a round of applause. They started punching each other in the face because, of course, they were having a fight, and at this point, Kazarian was able to get one final lariat, but unfortunately, 
this wasn't going to work. So Adam Cole hit him with the pan out of a sunrise. He hit him with the last shot. That was that. He was done. Adam Cole wins. This was good. He had some words afterwards too, as he really doesn't like the Jungle Express and Christian anymore. So he said, why don't you three take on me and my buddies, the Young Bucks, because the super click is back. And I tell you, we are not in Toto anymore, Kansas. Wrestling is just well and truly nuts. A promo video followed focusing on the Butcher and the Blades brand new shop. No, wait, no, it didn't. That's something else entirely. But it was talking about the Lucha Brothers and how their first title defense is indeed going to be against the Butcher and the Blade. Now, it's a little bit like, I don't understand how that's a thing, but maybe they gave Tony Khan some good meat. We also saw Fiogo Del Sol and Sammy Guevara having a chat. And Del Sol told us, look, I'm having a great time. I've got all the success. I've brought this brand new car, but I am willing to put it on the line for one more shot against Miro for the TNT title. And I was like, come on, man, what are you doing? You're going to lose your ride. You're going to lose your head and you're probably going to lose your life. But that's Fuego Del Sol for you, ladies and gentlemen. He an absolute crazy fool. Then MJF was here, and we have certainly pulled the trigger on this mother hubbard, haven't we? I mean, good grief. Because he insulted the crowd, talked about how he doesn't care if he offended anybody last week, and that he was going to have a conversation with Brian Pillman. And I don't mean Brian Pillman Jr., I mean Brian Pillman. And when he did this, he started talking to the floor as if Brian Pillman was in hell. I tell you, my stomach was doing backflips. He basically used this to say that while Brian Pillman was a legend, his son is an absolute excuse for a human being, and that's why he's going to massacre him. And never forget that massacre, by its very definition, means to kill somebody in horrible, horrible ways. So here we are. There's no going back now. And thankfully, at this moment, Brian Pillman Jr.'s music did start to play. Because imagine being in the back and hearing that and going, man, I don't really care. And because Wardlow was by MGF's side, he was like, man, you get up that I'll wear you sick him. Brian was too smart, though, because he came through the crowd instead with a chair. And while he should have just clonked MGF on the head, he didn't. Wardlow got back into the ring, but it doesn't matter because the good guy was still able to chase away the bad guys. And after everything that Maxwell had said, well, there was no other option. So AEW's done a really good job with this because you just want to see Brian Pillman Jr. decapitate MGF. And given that this episode of Ups and Downs has fallen on this very specific day, and we're talking about Maxwell Jacob Friedman, I just want to send him a very special Gamar Khatamar Tavar and to all my Jewish friends. This also led into a sit-down interview with Pillman Jr. that was hosted by Jim Ross, and these are always good. Brian Pillman was spitting fire. He basically is going to kill Maxim Jacob Friedman, because, of course, they had very different upbringings. You should just go and watch this. It will make you root for Bry, and all of this is getting it up. Christian then set off the internet. Bless that man. Because he was backstage with his dinosaur friends as Jungle Boy was saying, oh man, we're such good buddies. We're the best buddies in the world. And Christian was like, well, no, actually, I've been thinking about it. And I would say that Adam Cole and the Young Bucks are better pals because Matt and Nick Jackson saved Adam Cole. Wait for it to learn from developmental. He also mentioned that Ads is used to losing Wednesday Night Wars. So why doesn't he add Fridays to that list? And this was Christian's getting a big gun and firing it like crazy. And if you went really quiet, you could hear Reddit going nuts. I flipping love it. FTR versus Dante Martin and Matt Seidel was next. As of course, we wait for Top Flight to come back together as a team. But this was just a really good pro wrestling match that took the old school and murdered up with the new school. I had a jolly good time. Up. Let's not sleep on the fact that Dante Martin is really good, even though he's like 12 years old. 
and the sheer speed from him and Matt Seidel to start this off was absolutely crazy. Unfortunately, I forgot who FTR were, who at one point just basically booted them out of the sky in order to slow things down. Yeah, that'll do it. Cash and Dax were in control for most of this, although Matt Seidel and Dante Martin did keep getting tags. And when Dante finally did get back in there properly, he was just hitting everything that moved with a drop kick. We then had a surprise roll-up battle. And of course, it is the most devastating move in sports entertainment, which is why it upset me here. It didn't work. Dante did come out of this, though, thinking, man, I've got one final last run in me. Although instead he just ran straight into the big rig. But again, this was such a wonderfully worked tag team match. I could watch it for days. Also, Martin is just going to be stupid good one day. And hell, he already is. We then took a production issue from last week and turned it into a story. I mean, you can't say fairer than that. But after Suzuki's music was cut last week and everyone was like, oh man, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life and even dubbed it the Suzuki incident, Suzuki and Lance Archer were on the screen as Suzuki guns saying, you know what? We didn't appreciate any of this. We're really pissed off. So next week, we want to fight John Moxley and Eddie Kingston at the Arthur Ashe Stadium show. So look at that! It's the forbidden door just going absolutely bonkers to the point if you grab the handle, you won't be able to hold on to it. And now we get this. So that is just a great job in having a faux pas and then ensuring you give the fans exactly what they want. It's getting a couple of thumbs. My laughter was then back because not in one million years did I expect ever to be stood here with my stupid bald head and say the words that I'm about to say. This is why wrestling in 2021 is just so flipping good. Now it started with Malachi Black coming to the ring, which is just a spectacle within itself. But when he got on the microphone, he also started to spout lines like, will the members of the House of Black stand up? I'm like, man, this guy, he really crazy. His brain's got to be scrambled. He then mentioned we had an enemy in our midst when he looked into the crowd and stood there was Rosario Dawson, who, of course, is not only an actress, but has been filming the brand new season of Go Big Show with Cody Rhodes. So clearly they must have had a conversation or something and gone, oh, hey, you could do something with AEW Dynamite. I'm just going to be very honest with you. I like Rosario Dawson, so I enjoyed seeing her here. It also looked like at one point that Malachi's plan was to beat her up too. So that was a bit like, oh man, this is uncomfortable. When, of course, Cody Rhodes made his big return to AEW. Dawson even jumped on Malachi's black. But all of this was just crazy, especially because then Cody and Malachi started fighting into the crowd. I mean, Rhodes even got a drink and splashed it right in his face. This was really good. They're also fighting next week and that feels like a big match as well. And this was effective because it was so simple. And we had a little bit of the famous person like, oh man, I can't believe they're doing it. It just worked so well together. And if you go on social media, they continue to do this fight into the concession stands. And that's also awesome when wrestlers do that. Though is get it up. The Dark Order were then falling out again. I mean, honestly, it's like somebody's parents splitting up, although we're doing it in public. Can we please just put it behind closed doors? This should be the new forbidden door. I don't want to see it no more. It's also gone to Anna Jay too, because she's preparing for her big match with the bunny. But because Eva Luna and Alex Reynolds can't get on, she looked at everyone and just said, you know what? If this is going to be the way, I don't want to have to deal with any of you. And I just mean, geez, man, what is next? Having to pick whose house you're going to go around for Christmas? This just makes my heart very, very sad. Thankfully, Ty Conte was with them, though, so it's now Ty time, as I told you last week. We are just going to keep an eye on all her facial expressions because they are some of the best in professional wrestling. Case in point, this is what she was doing when this was going down. 
She is so damn entertaining. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Dan Lambert then continued to be the best thing in wrestling that we didn't know we were going to get in 2021. I mean, how is he this good at being a Nimrod? But he was out there with Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, Andre Arlovsky, and a bunch of other MMA dudes. And he was just going, man, everyone in this town, all the men are really small, and all the women are really big, and I hate flippy dippy doo da wrestling. And then, yes, he said the S word around about 78,922 times. But if you are looking somebody to boo, you could really boo this man. For a while, we've been wondering who the first challengers to this team were going to be as well. And if you can believe it, it is going to be Jake Hagar and Chris Jericho, because Judas started to play. Chris Jericho returned to Dynamite. This kind of took me by surprise. And surely this has to be the way, especially because Chris Jericho called Dan Lambert a fat-faced dib shib, but again, he said the actual word. And at this point, Dan just started to melt down because he couldn't believe what was going on and even said, oh, Chris Jericho, you're a bad man and you manipulate people to buy your merchandise and to buy your records. I'm pretty sure that's every single wrestler ever. Just as it seemed like they were going to have a match, Lambert told us that he would never have a fight in this stupid city and they'll do it next week instead. Which means one, once again, next week's Dynamite is like pay-per-view quality. But also two, I find this massively intriguing. Because I have said for a while that I think Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky need to win their next feud. But Chris Jericho has lost just a little bit lately. So now I am absolutely intrigued. I also think it's only fair that we send out some TLC to Chuck Taylor at the moment, who just must be absolutely crushed. He has wanted to say the S-word on Dynamite for ages. And now everybody literally has stolen his thunder. We then found out why the Gun Club attacked Paul White a few weeks ago. Now, I'm not going to lie, because I'm a giant asshole, I'd actually forgotten about this. But bravo for AEW for coming up with a reason. 
Because, you know, sometimes wrestling just hopes you forget. Sadly, their reason for all of this was just a little bit, huh, because they were like, we're undefeated in tag team action, but we're not getting any respect. And I was like, is that Paul White's fault? Is he the reason you're not getting Has he got out of his way to screw you over? I don't get it. So this was a little bit weird, and I don't want to rag on it too much, because this actually may have been one of the best Billy Gunn promos I've ever seen. He seemed really fired up, but also, yes, doesn't actually make a total lot of sense, even though I also think this would actually be good for them. They'll be better as heels, but still down. AEW then put on Layla Hirsch versus Jade Cargill. And the absolute best thing about this is that it showcased the variety they have in their women's division. Because of course, Jade Cargill is basically like Storm, and Layla Hirsch is a bit like a female version of Taz, but in her own special way. And they just had a really good wrestling match. We were always going to have to have Cargill overpowering Layla because, of course, of the size difference. But Layla was still busting out her submissions to try and slow Jade down. And did that work? No. Instead, Jade basically powerbombed her out of the bones. Hershey's just so damn scrappy, though. She was even jumping on Jade Cargill's back going, man, why won't you just go to the floor? And even though Jade Cargill was trying to swat her around like a fly, Hirsch just wouldn't stay down. And she even hit her with a German suplex. Followed that with a dive, too. And I was like, man, I really, really like Layla Hirsch. But as she seems to do a lot, and I suppose this will come with experience, she decided to try and hit a moonsault. That did not go well. Jade Cargill hit her with the face buster instead, and she got the win. But as the commentators also made sure we knew, this was the biggest challenge yet for Jade Cargill. And while she's so obviously going to go on to become a star, I think Layla Hirsch too has her big future ahead of her. So these two will be money one day, and I won't say that you heard it here first, because that would be an absolute lie. A lot of people have been saying this for a while. Andrade promo next, and he is just mad at everything. He's mad at Uchavo, he's mad at his assistant Jose, and he wants to know why everybody was getting involved in his match last week, and he's not happy about it. Now, I still kind of feel like this is going to end with him teaming up with Ric Flair, but his story is just so, so random. Like, the videos, they're really cool, but man, if you tried to piece them together... I don't think it would really fit. This may have been placed here as somewhat of a quiet moment though, because straight when we were back into the arena, out came Taz and Hook to confront CM Punk, and this was flipping great. Taz was now really pissed off at CM Punk because he feels like he's taken his job, and when they all got into the face of each other, from nowhere, powerhouse Will Hobbs used his new magic powers to attack CM Punk, and that also allowed Hook, you know, the one and only Hook, to apply a dragon sleeper. And once again, I was like, what is going on? Hobbs then picked Punk up and threw him through the announce table, although that thing didn't break, so it looked like it absolutely sucked. And what an absolute excellent angle this was, especially because next week we are doing Powerhouse Hobbs versus CM Punk. And that, to me, just feels like something I made up and wrote down in my fantasy journal, which is not a real thing, I promise you, but it's actually true. You also saw Hook get physical, so now the internet is having an absolute field day with it. This was so well done. Up. As was Darby Allen versus Sean Spears. I mean, it was just a good match. Up. The real heroes and villains of the piece were Sting and Tully Blanchard, who just could not help but getting involved. And at one point, Spears got a cloth and he wiped the face paint off Darby Allen's face. And for some reason, this was like he got on a pen and stabbed him right in the eye. People were horrified and shocked. And that's why wrestling can be so damn good. They battled really well, though, and even the still stairs got involved. And that's when you had Sean Spears sat on those steps and Darby Allen did his crazy suicide dive that just wiped them both out as they hit the floor. And honestly, we've said it before, we'll say it again. Everybody just stopped doing dives 
you don't do it as good as Darby Allen. It also allowed him to hit the coffin drop afterwards for the win, and this was just really, really nice. Until, of course, FTR were back. They started to beat everybody up. Now, this was not going so well because, of course, Sting is Sting and he was having none of it, including when Tully Blanchard hit him with a chair. And he did that amazing thing when he turned around like, do you not know who I am? You do not smash me with steel. But then FTR grabbed him. And if you can believe it, they gave Sting a spike pile driver. And I think I almost died. And it was then Blanchard who copied what Sean Spears has done. And he started to wipe the face paint off Sting. And once again, I was horrified. Like, how could you do this to the man? And do you remember all that time a while ago? People were like, Sting is too old. He shouldn't be doing this stuff. Absolute poppycock. It makes all this stuff so much more effective. Because I start to fear for Sting. Even though he is the greatest man to have ever lived. It also means that, yes, we're doing Sting and Darby Allen versus FTR next week. And this has to be building up to something with Tully Blanchard, which is truly crazy. Once again, just absolutely fabu. We then continue to make it clear that Brian Danielson has come to AEW for one reason and one reason alone, and that is Kenny Omega. And I absolutely love this. There is no nonsense. There is no mucking around. We are heading to Dreamtown, baby, and I want to be on the train. We had a small video with Brian who essentially said as much, and I swear he is just going to wear this white shirt forever because he's worn it every single appearance and he did so here again when he came out to address the live crowd and this was absolutely awesome because he was going to chat about this potential fight when Don Callis arrived and Don Callis is just the ultimate and best prick in professional wrestling why the hell did he leave it for as long as he did because he was always like oh man Brian Danielson I heard the reason you signed with AEW is because you want to do what is best for the industry and I heard that and I thought to myself what a massive mark once again, I may have just had a little bit of a giggle. Danielson basically ignored him and said, I want nothing to do with you, Don Callis. I want to talk to you, Kenny Omega, because I don't even care about the world title right now. One day I will, but I am just desperate to prove to you that I am the best wrestler in the world and you are not. So why don't we get it on next week? And if you're any kind of a fan, you should have been doing backflip here like me because it's so damn exciting. Callis kept saying no, so Danielson decided that Kenny Omega must have lost his balls. And imagine that was true, but you kept on wrestling. But you can't say this to a sports entertainer. Kenny Omega was visibly upset. He took the microphone and, of course, he only uttered one word to let him know of his decision. And that was yes. So we are actually getting this too. That's right. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson in front of the biggest audience that AEW is ever going to have. And also Brian Danielson's first match since WrestleMania. All of this is too much for my brain, but it is so damn good. Up. And talking about things that are so damn good, Miro, man, he is just the best. Because he responded to Fiega Del Sol and the greatest line was, I'm going to smash your head in and then I'm going to smash your car. He then went on to talk about how his family will be grateful towards Miro. Someone just give him all of the titles. He makes me so damn happy. We also teased that we are going to get this Matt Hardy versus Orange Cassidy hair versus hair match. And I don't think I made a bigger deal about that last week because it will be a huge deal. Although I'm not 100% sure when we are going to do it. 
Then it was time for our main event. I then realized at this stage, aha, oh, huh, I actually know what the final match of this AEW Dynamite is going to be, but I was super duper happy to learn that it was John Moxley and Eddie Kingston taking on 2.0. Because the rise, or ever rise, I suppose, of these two guys over the last few months just makes me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. This was really good. Up. They, of course, attacked before the bell, along with their son, Danny Garcia, because that's just what they do. Although this was never going to go well, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston couldn't have fought back any quicker if they tried. And once again, Moxley just started biting people. And we've just got to call a spade a spade here. That's really weird. Garcia realized the danger, so he used the last of his MP to cast distraction, and that did work for a little bit. But then Eddie Kingston got in the ring, and Danny Garcia was still casting distraction, which did lead to yet another most devastating move battle. But none of this worked, and in fact, all it did was kind of piss Mox and Eddie off. Basically, they got out of that, hit their lariat suplex combo, and they won. It was kind of like they had dinner reservations, and they were worried about being late. I suppose that's very respectful of them. You do want to be on time. AEW then made up for next week because, yes, Suzuki was here and you got his full entrance so you could have all the fun with it that you wanted to. But what we really should be focusing on is the crazy bruise under his eye that he did get from his match with John Moxley last week. And here we were going, I can't believe I didn't hear my song. And poor Suzuki walking around with a wound. All four guys then ended Dynamite by just having this awesome brawl as we got a classic Jim Ross saying, oh man, I'm sorry we're out of time, people, as the show did cut off. And if you were looking for a way to be excited about Rampage and be excited about Dynamite next week, well, AEW found a way to give that to you. I just wanted it right now. So, of course, it does mean overall this show gets an up. And again, as we said earlier, if you had any reservations beforehand, my word, were they just run into the ground. This was absolutely superb, and it's getting up. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.